The return we have all been waiting for is finally here. One of the sport's most notorious icons is stepping in the octagon this Saturday. DraftKings, the official daily fantasy partner of the UFC, is giving you a free shot at huge cash prizes. For this weekend's fight, DraftKings is offering new players a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with first deposit. If you haven't tried it yet, Fantasy MMA is easy to play. Just pick six fighters, stay under the salary cap, and pile up points for advances, takedowns, and more. There's no better way to put your MMA knowledge to the test than to compete for a shot at millions of dollars in total prizes. Plus, don't forget about football playoffs where DraftKings has even more money up for grabs this weekend. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable, so you can deposit and withdraw your funds at your convenience. Download the DraftKings app now and use the promo code THPN to get a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes throughout the weekend. That's promo code THPN, as in the Hockey Podcast Network, to get free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes. Only at DraftKings. Minimum $5 deposit. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Now, on with the show. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Quack Report, episode number 13 of season two. How is everybody doing today? You guys aren't going to answer, so I'm just going to, you know, keep on going. Nate, how are you doing? I'm doing pretty good and feeling pretty good after that ad read, not going to (laughs) lie. Yeah, dude, you crushed that. That was awesome. (laughs) People don't know that that was actually the first try. That was the first try. Of course, of course. Yeah, of course. (laughs) There's definitely not like three shitty takes before that. <laughs> not at all. <laughs> no, no way. Um, yeah, no, super excited to be partnered with uh, with DraftKings here as part of the Hockey Podcast Network. And um, yeah, again, shout out to you guys for for listening to the show and making everything possible. So um, yeah, it's, uh, it's a great day uh, here in, in the hockey world. We got Ducks Hockey on. We're recording a podcast and uh, life is great. Um, you gotta wait, wait, get the key ready because we got... A Ducks win! Heck yeah, man. <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, no, it's good. I'm glad we got a win. That was a, a really good game. I'm super excited to talk about it. But that's not even the biggest news of today. Because you know what today is, Nate? It's your birthday. Is it my birthday? Happy birthday! Oh, thanks, buddy. <laughs> Uh, man, if you're if you're not watching the video, I got those like stupid little things that like they're like little tongues, but they don't make any noise. So probably just sounds the like a, tongues, that's what they are. Yeah, and I don't even know what it would sound like without without video. But <laughs> and I got yeah. the I got the happy birthday banner behind me here. Oh yeah, that's uh, at the at the request of Carter and my girlfriend. So yeah, yeah, exactly. And <laughs> and most importantly, we got these noisemakers here. So I dude, they only come in ten packs. So I we just got like a. A shitload. We got a bunch of them. It'll be fun. Let's wear them all out. <laughs> it sounds like an actual party if you do multiple ones at once. It's awesome. 
I hope that is not too loud for people because it, it's probably it's probably super annoying. I'm trying to do it. Oh, it wasn't too loud on my end at least, so it should be all right. Okay. <laughs> oh man, I good I, microphone I need, technique is key. Yes, <laughs> I also need to apparently do some cardio because blowing three streamers is making me lightheaded. <laughs> Back first, uh, some suicides there on the rink. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, no, I'm not even joking, man. It's it's bad. Um, <laughs> But yeah, happy Actually, birthday to you. Out. You're uh, you're uh, you're 24 years young. Nobody hates you anymore because you're, you're past the 23 hump. So yeah, exactly. It really worked out great with like that Blink 182 song, right? What's my age again? Nobody likes you when you're 23. And 2020, just proving that right. You know, it's because yeah, that, that's that's got to be it, right? I turned 23. Nobody liked me, so it's like let's just shut down the world because fuck Nate. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That'd be the reason, right? No, I'm kidding. Yeah. I'm not that egotistical. <laughs> no, I, just, st- I still stand by the fact that... Just stroking you there. Yeah. Like, no, I still uh, stand I just, by the fact that yeah. uh, the world all just came to an end, basically, because it wasn't ready for My Chemical Romance to return. So That's got to be it. Yeah. I will stand by that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, it makes things just a little bit easier to deal with. It does. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, you feel, you feel any older? No, not really. It's fair. It's, I, mean, I mean, like, I already grown a little bit more when, like, I try to get up from the couch or something like that. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, as, I guess this is your your first COVID birthday. Um, yeah. With a uh, because we didn't we didn't shut down until March, but my birthday is in April, so I, I kind of got it right at the beginning. But it's it's super weird to, at least to me, I remember it like not really feeling like a birthday. Like usually you get up and yeah. like, wow, today's my birthday. It, it feels like a different day, but. I don't know with, with COVID and and the whole lockdown that happened and, and kind of the one we're in now. I don't know if you feel in the same boat, but it's just like just kind of feels like another day. Yeah, it does. I've kind of felt that way from with my birthday for the last couple though. For some like for some reason, like I do remember my twenty first. Well, I remember part of it uh, because we had that <laughs> massive party at our place that uh, I got shut down. Let's be honest here. I got that thing shut down. Oh yeah. Um, <laughs> Like every like the last two otherwise have just been yeah they're they're normal days go out for dinner that sort of thing but it's nothing too wild at least so but. yeah no I think after the twenty first one like even up in Canada twenty one's not really a big deal but it, we kind of celebrate it because yeah. it's like legal everywhere in the world now um, so it's but after that the, there isn't anything beyond you know like the the forty fifty sixty milestones or whatever yeah. Um, so yeah, there's, there's gonna be 25, I guess, next year. But um, yeah, I guess like the other one that actually like felt like a birthday, I guess, would have been 22 the next year, just because uh, my girlfriend did surprise me with like a bunch of people out at a, at a dinner. So that was mm-hmm. that was kind of fun. So yeah, or I shouldn't say kind of fun. That was fun. Yeah, <laughs> nice save. But, yeah, <laughs> um, the you, you did bring it up, and I I kind of remember us bringing this up before that uh, we promised a little bit of a story for the. For the birthday here about the 21st birthday uh, oh party so it's uh well, it okay so it started with me giving the reins over to you and my girlfriend before she was my girlfriend uh which i mean that was the mistake i think to start with was giving you guys the reins because yeah that's what started with it getting out of control first of because all was, first of all let me say it was it's not because it sucked it was because i planned dope parties oh yeah no like, it, was, it was an absolute rager uh, but it's. I think it really started though with those invitations that you had made up. So, Can I show it on here, or do you, I have one? 
Do you want? Y- yeah, sure. Show it. Okay. <laughs> I will describe it. So basically, here, Carrie's going to pull it up. But uh, if you've ever been to Las Vegas and you're walking down the strip, uh, there's always going to be these people who are they're slapping cards on their hands and they're escort cards. So I'll have a, an image of one of these escort ladies. And uh, if you don't know what an escort is, I'm not going to explain it to you. You're maybe too young to be listening to the show even. Um, but so they'll have the cards on like the, the girl on there and whatever phone number. And uh, I'm trying to get hair out of my mouth here right now. Um, and so anyway, Carter made these invitations as one of those cards and photoshopped my bearded face onto uh, like a model's bikini clad body. And uh, what was it? Nate Sparkles, right? Yeah, yeah. Here, I, I got it here now. So, yeah. So, if you're not seeing it, uh, I'll, I'll read it off here for you. You're invited to Nate Sparkles' first live show to celebrate his 21st birthday. Uh, the dates and everything like that. And this is a Vegas themed event. So, uh, oh yeah, it's uh, uh, the phone number was six nine six nine six nine six nine six nine. Yeah. So yeah, that is. God, that picture is still horrifying, but it's hilarious at the same time. Yeah, it's, every once in a while I come across it. Like whenever I, I get the uh, I work up the courage to um, um, like to clean up my desk drawer because that's just where I keep it because I think it's awesome. And uh, I see that, I'm like, what is this? Because it's like just paint <laughs> card, right? And then I'm like, oh right, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So yeah, so that was fun to hand out to friends because we did it that same Vegas. Uh, like slapping style, right? A slap mm-hmm. against your hand and we'd pass it to our friend and that sort of thing. And they all started laughing. It's yeah. a great invitation. Easily the best one I've ever seen. Not going to lie. I, I was super proud of that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, we had a bunch of our friends show up like Vegas styled and whatnot. So like there was friends that like they brought like those pink feather boas, which we were still finding feathers everywhere in our place. Like five months after mm-hmm. it was absolutely ridiculous. Uh, yeah, other people just like came dressed up, just ridiculous and whatnot, and uh, like gold. I think we had glitter everywhere too at a point, and yeah, it was, it was nuts. Um, but yeah, a bunch of people over and whatnot, and uh, we uh, well, it even got to the point that it was it was just super busy. We noticed at our house, and there's a lot of people just that we didn't know as like friends of friends and that sort of thing. Um, but what we didn't realize. Because our door was like down a flight of stairs. Uh, so, you know, you have a couple people over and you can't really hear the door getting knocked or anything like that, especially when the house gets full. And so Carter had put balloons out on like the stair railing uh, to go up to our front door, but had also put a sign out there saying, uh, like, just come in. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But like, was it, I was like, if, party here, just walk in. Yeah. So but I didn't it wasn't have to, like, tell, if tell you were invited. Yeah walk in it was just party here come in and so there was yeah. <laughs> i do remember still that there was like these two guys that came up and at that point it was like friends of friends or that sort of like okay like who do you know here and they're like oh we just moved in like two days ago and we just saw the things so we just stopped by at that point i i'm even like okay maybe this is getting a little out of hand you on the other hand you're just like yeah come on in let's go <laughs> yeah the, the, that that was the last thing i remember let's put it that way <laughs> <laughs> And uh, so on. T- so adding all these people to this place, we also live next door to because we were on uh, like university residence. We lived next door to our RA, so our resident advisor, and she was on duty that night as rad. So resident advisor on duty. Um, 
but basically so like any complaints or that uh came to her and she was also studying for a test we did invite her to this party because like we were friends with her we were friends with her and that sort of thing uh but she was like i gotta study for this test and i'm and i'm working um so you know being right next door to a party probably wasn't the best thing so i think it was about 11 15 something like that 11 30 we were getting close to like the quiet hours uh for residents and uh so she comes over and she's like hey like you guys need to like turn it down a little bit i don't want to have to shut you guys down or anything i know it's your birthday and we're like yeah we'll like we'll do the best we can and that sort of thing super nice and, about it so oh yeah super nice yeah was 100% my fault, though, for getting that party shut down because I checked my phone at a point and I noticed it was just after midnight. So my birthday is on the 21st and we had the party starting on the 20th going into the night. And so I take a look at my phone. It's past midnight. It's now officially January 21st. I'm 21 years old. And so I'm like, oh, God, hold on. So I like I grab a glass and I start clinking it and whatever. And I'm like, everybody, shut up for a second. Shut up, shut up, shut up. And the whole place just goes just dead silent, right? There's probably, what, we had like 50 or 60 people in our house at that point, and it wasn't a very Maybe. big townhome. <laughs> like, it's just packed, dead quiet. And I just go, it's past midnight. I'm 24, motherfuckers. The <laughs> whole place just erupts like out of a party movie, basically. Maybe 15 minutes later, bang, 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 bang. And it's our RA again. Just shut it down now. You can pick five people to stay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I got my twenty-first birthday shut down a little bit after midnight, and that's okay though. I was pretty hammered by that point. Too. It was for the best. It, yeah, it, was, it was definitely, definitely for, the for the best. Yeah. <laughs> but there, uh, there was a video with one of our friends that uh, at the time I was drinking champagne. I, I had, you know, you don't mix alcohols for sure. Uh, so for any younger viewers or listeners listening, do not mix your alcohols. You're not going to have a fun time. Um, anyway, so I'm drinking this bottle of champagne at this point. And so there's a, there's a video, uh, with a buddy and, uh, we're like, we're just having one drink tonight. Right. And he's like, oh yeah, we're just having one drink. And we're like, all right, let's just have a drink then. So I got the entire massive bottle of champagne. He's got a growler full of beer and we just started drinking that. <laughs> so one drink, that's what we had. <laughs> But yeah, so that was that was my twenty first birthday. <laughs> Amazing, <laughs> absolute rage. We'll probably never top it off. <laughs> yeah, probably not. It's uh, it's going to be hard to top. That's for sure. Um, yeah. and I don't think our bodies could handle it by the time we're able to top it. So, it's, yeah, uh, exactly. Yeah, one one for the for the memories, anyways. Um, yeah. So yeah, and then um, I. I was trying to remember why we were talking about this earlier and decided to save it for this. Oh episode. yeah, yeah. There's a second part to this uh, this whole day as well. Uh, there is. It's a special day for you also. Yeah, it's a uh, it's my anniversary with my girlfriend. I've uh, been together <laughs> three years now. So if you're any any good at math, you can uh, you can work your way back from from 24 to 21, and um, 24 minus three is 21. So they were, yeah, it's a. Uh, <laughs> yeah we like we'd kind of been a thing for a little bit there um a couple weeks before and then that was the night i decided was the night just sloshed out of my mind that i, I wanted to ask her to be my girlfriend so um, the best was hearing the story <laughs> yeah. about it the next day from your girlfriend's side of just yeah you absolutely slosh just kind of turning over to her so do you want to be my girlfriend and she's just like let's talk about it in the morning yeah <laughs> 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 oh but 
<laughs> so yeah, that, that's how we got there. And I mean, that part of the story is pretty short. Yeah, so, but it's still pretty funny. <laughs> yeah. So it's yeah, it's just I'll never forget the the, the date because it's your birthday. And there you go. <laughs> as your best friend, I remember that kind of stuff. So <laughs> I, uh, I I got I'd have to find it, but I still have a picture from that night. Like it's me taking the selfie and you with your just about girlfriend, like a couple hours before. And you're fi- like you're at this. This is the point that you really tipped over, I think. And you're giving like the finger guns and that sort of thing. I'm just like, oh no. I I literally never do the finger guns. So that, that's a yeah. That's a that's how you know. You know. That's how you know. Yeah. I ah uh, no. I, I'll I'll save stories for another time. We've been into this for a while now, so we'll, we'll move on. But <laughs> yeah, happy birthday once Thank again, you. just because it's fun. Let's get both going. <laughs> okay, enough uh, of that. Before our, before our girlfriends storm in here and throw these out. <laughs> yeah, my, I think mine's about to. <laughs> That's fair. We won't push our luck here. Welcome to the show, everybody. Let's get into some Ducks hockey here. <laughs> so we uh, we only have one game to talk about here. The second half of the Minnesota game is... Uh, um, is going on right now, so I got it pulled up. We're in the first intermission. Ducks down one nothing, being outshot pretty badly. I believe sixteen six um, from just from memory here. So gave up a shorthanded goal. That's where that one came from. So that's going to be fun to talk about next week. So we'll save that one for another time. But in the meantime, now, let's talk about the glory. Ducks win. Ducks win. Thank you. I yeah. repeat it again, just so you could get the idea. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, yeah, no. Uh, honestly, a really, really good game to watch. Uh, a one nothing defeat of the Minnesota Wild here in the, the first game of the series between them. Um, Gibson obviously was stellar um, defensively. I think we were we were awesome. I, I think probably the best defensive game I've seen this season and last season. I'll throw that in there since we're three games into this one. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, it was it was just a really good game. Um, Gibson with, with the the SO obviously the shutout so uh, first one of the season should have had one in game two, um, yeah. but got one in game three here so well well deserved as well he was definitely the star of the night, um, yeah any anything else you want to say about that? Love John Gibson yeah you're right the team this was definitely the best defensive game we've seen in the last year year plus a hundred percent the yeah the team just seemed to be clicking you know they were. The first period was maybe a little bit rough. That very well could have been a 3 nothing lead coming out of the first. There were some great chances there by Minnesota. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, just some lucky bounces our way and, uh, you know, some good shutdown defense there in the second and third especially helped us get that win. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, just, just to kind of quickly sum up what we were talking about, about, um, about being super defensive here, I think a lot of our games this season are going to be like that because – I don't think we're the the offensive juggernaut that um, like other teams that are in our division, like Vegas and, and Colorado. And I'll, I'll even throw St. Louis in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, you could even argue Minnesota. Like we don't have that high, high end offensive talent. Yes, we can score goals, but I think a lot of our wins are going to come from these two one games and just like good defensive games, two one one nothing kind of games. You know? Yeah, would you agree sure. or, or disagree? Yeah, I absolutely would, and that's why defense was so imperative during this offseason, I think, and is a huge reason for bringing in a guy like Kevin Shattenkirk, right, who can hold down that back end. Uh, him and Lindholm are actually doing really well. I actually do like that pairing a lot more than I thought I might, honestly. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, yeah, really good pairing. I I agree for sure. Um, the uh, um, yeah, and then a um, couple lineup changes as well here. Uh, Sonny Milano in for for Lundstrom there. Um, I think I'm pretty sure he played most of the game on the Gets Laugh line, if uh, I remember correctly. Full disclosure, we should say we we didn't really watch this game. We caught the end of it because um, we were, we were both busy working, so we. We caught the end of it, watched the recap. So this is all just from a few minutes here. So I think I got about the last, I got the last half. So I think I got it like halfway through the second. Okay. Yeah. I, I really only saw the last seven minutes of the third. So, um, <laughs> so we're, we, we don't, we're not talking whole game here. Um, it's just based off recap and kind of the second half. So don't, don't come at us. <laughs> uh, but yeah, Milano in for Lenstrom. I thought he had a really solid game. Yeah, Milano was looking great, and it's he was just coming off of last season, basically. The guy looked faster and just better out there in general. He got a few good chances. Uh, one on the break there, I think it was, who was it, Comtois, I think, who gave him that stretch pass. Um, yeah, nearly got it on that one. It was He's looking good. Um, and I'm kind of surprised, actually, that he was even scratched off the first two, uh, first two nights. Um, this is a guy that should be staying in our lineup, honestly. I think so. I think every night he plays and, and is on the ice, he he proves that he deserves to be in the lineup. So, I mean, maybe Lundstrom had a better training camp. We really don't know. Maybe they just wanted to test him out for a couple of games and then told Milano, you know, just sit in the press box, chill, no pressure, come in in game three or something like that. Maybe that was the plan all along. Um, yeah, maybe. Who knows? But but he's in now, and I think he, he's, uh, I, I think he was an improvement over Lundstrom, and I think he's showed that he can stay for a little bit here um, until proven otherwise, really. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I can't wait to see more of this kid. He's fun to watch every time he hits the ice. Yeah, for sure. They they did have, uh, or Daily Faceoff has the lines as Getzlaff, Milano, Raquel. I haven't been paying enough attention to uh, the Minnesota game on, that's on right now to really know um, if that this is true for this game. But yeah, Getzlaff, Raquel, Milano, and then second line, Heinen, Henrik, Silverberg. Um, and then the last two lines were, were the same, so we won't go through those. But um, See, now that's, I think that's a good balance on the first and second lines. I would still like Getzlaff to be that second guy, but even if you just swap those two lines around, it works. Yeah, I mean, it's it's really semantics which one's the first and which one's the second. So, yeah. But in, in terms of matchup, I think the the wealth is spread a little bit more here on the in the top mm-hmm. six. Uh, because with Henrik, Silverberg, and Raquel, to me that's like a loaded top line. Heinen gets Laf Milano would be like a just an okay mm-hmm. second line. Maybe even more so kind of sounds like a third line, which is awful to say about Getzlaff, but I think it's mostly on the other two. But I think w- when you switch Raquel and Heinen, it, it sounds more like a top six. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you you nailed it. Cool. Thanks, dude. Um, <laughs> Yeah, let's talk a little bit about Heinen and Raquel. Let's stay in the top six here. I, I really thought Heinen ha- has had a solid game over the last um, three nights, and I think he's due for a goal. Like it's how he hasn't scored yet is beyond me, man. I, I don't understand it. Yeah, he has been getting the chances, and yeah, you, you got to nip it at the bud at some point. It's you know we're three games in at this point. Uh, it's going to be nipping at him also, right? It's going to be in the mm-hmm. back of his mind. And, you know, once he finally does, it's going to be the monkey off his back. And I think he could just lift off from there. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, Ricard Raquel, uh, I think, took a big step this game as well. Um, he, he was kind of quiet in the first two, but he was very noticeable in this one. Some good scoring opportunities. Yeah, that's another guy where, I mean, even after game one, right, that was already really starting to get to him. That's a guy that we do expect to be producing this season. Mm -hmm. Um, So, 
again, it's it was 309 games between the first one of this season and the last one before the pause last year. So all these guys have to shake off a little bit of rust. But Raquel is, you know, he he is a competitor. He will get hard on himself. And he is at this point, along with the fan base, um, it seems like on Twitter there, which, you know, maybe warranted just a little bit, but maybe not quite to the length that it's going because he's hard enough on himself already. Mm-hmm. And he knows that he's he's supposed to be here to be able to produce at this point. Yeah, I'd say he, him and Silverberg are kind of the guys we expect most of our points to come from. So I'm sure he yeah. understands. Um, and and yeah, he looked good in Game Three, so no concerns there. Unfortunately, didn't get a goal, which is is hard to do in a one nothing game, yeah. um, like this one. So, um, but yeah, I'm I just, expect him to to really pop off in the next few games here. Yeah, I'm just waiting for in the next couple as well. There are some of those players, uh, like even a guy like Patrick Line seems to do it every now and then, right? They aren't. It's not consistent scoring, but it's more kind of wait in the weeds for a little bit. There's a couple kind of off games, but then they jump and it's point streaks so just just waiting for it at this point yeah yeah exactly um let's uh let's talk about the delorier goal here um so delorier got his first of the season from uh shattenkirk and rowney uh both their first assist of the season as well uh what are your thoughts on that goal and the the play in general uh delorier what a great uh you know redirection to put that in there on that pass but that pass is what makes that goal is a hundred percent uh, Kevin Shattenkirk with a, you know, just that right amount of patience and, uh, you know, just really opening that Minnesota wild defense up there on that rush. And yeah, that tape, that tape to tape pass. So it beautiful. Great. Yeah. It was awesome. That, that's what happens when you have that experience too, right? It's like, you mm-hmm. just know how to be able to read a play and when the right moment is. Yeah. Uh, I think, I don't want to say a lot of people, but I, I know there was some people that were kind of questioning the Shattenkirk sh- signing. Like, what was it? It's three years, eleven mil, or something, like that, something, yeah. something around there. And people are like, "That's a little much." Like Shattenkirk's regressing, blah blah blah. And kind of right in that middle point, it seemed. Yeah, but I think that we on that play, we we really saw why he was brought in, and and it's just going to be that veteran presence. He's going to like the, how calm he was with the puck and on the rush there. Like I could just feel how calm he was. That's that's something you don't always get from from just watching a game. So. Um, I think that's super helpful on the ice in, in the locker room probably. So, uh, yeah, I, even though he doesn't wear, wear a C or an A, I think he, he's definitely a big leader in that dressing room and on the ice. So, And it's also that, that type of calmness with a puck on a rush as a defenseman. That's mm-hmm. the other addition, like that's the additional factor to that as well that you don't see crazy often, right? It's typically on the offensive guys to be able to do that. And yeah. See it come from, uh, from the back end, especially. Uh, you know, it, it looks good. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, let's move on to the, uh, the third line here, the young guys. This is really the only thing we haven't talked about, uh, for the ducks lineup yet today. So, uh, the Comtois steel Terry line, um, unofficially on our outline dubbed the CST line where we'll come up with a better name, but I think this line is here to stay. So it, it warrants a name, I think. Um, yeah, just thoughts on that. They're clicking. They didn't get any points in this last uh, this last game, but you could see that they have it kind of figured out. There is a chemistry there. Um, yeah, we saw it starting with Comtois in the first couple of games there, and it's just going to build from here, I think. So, yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, I really have nothing to add, but the, you basically summed it up that it just looks good, and 
yeah, here to stay. Um, last thing we got here is just closing out the game. Obviously, this was another close one, uh, a one nothing, uh, one nothing win. So that that goal came early in the third. So we were we were kind of just on the defensive for the rest of the the game as Minnesota tried to uh, claw their way back into it. Um, just from what I saw in the last seven minutes, um, it was really just Minnesota in our zone and us playing good defensive hockey. And I thought that it was super solid. So I, I just wanted to bring that up. Like we, we kept Minnesota, um, to the outside for the most part, didn't give them a lot of chances. Um, we're, we were in the passing lanes, just shutting all that shit down. So I, yeah, I just wanted to bring that up that I think if we can just be consistent like that, um, you know, get a goal or two, and then in the last ten minutes of the game, just just play nice defensive hockey like that. I, I I can see us stealing quite a few games that we maybe shouldn't. Yeah, absolutely. That uh, that last minute, especially in our end, I would definitely was on the edge of my seat, but uh, like fist clenched, butt clenched, and teeth clenched. Everything is just clenched up because I'm just like, fuck. Let's not have another Vegas incident here in like the last minute, minute and a half. Yeah. Um. But yeah, the defense just, they weren't crazy, uh, like panicky or that. Gibson looked solid in that last minute as well. He made a couple of good saves. And uh, yeah, they they pulled through. It was it was great to see. You know, we talk, we were talking earlier with like guys scoring to get the monkey off their bat. Uh, as much as the, uh, the expectations aren't very high for the Stuck Club season, it is good to get that first win just to, you know, it makes the rest of the season a lot easier once you get that first one. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, well said. Um, any, anything also, else? You're, also, sorry, I was going to say also consider the fact that you know we've played three games, we've got three points out of it. That mm-hmm. is, that's that is a positive to take away from this. So, like yep. three out of six points, I'll take it to start the season after not playing for almost a year, a hundred percent. Yeah, for sure. I think five hundred is a, a reasonable expectation for this team, and maybe even a little bit high. Like if we hit five hundred, I. I think that's a good season. So yeah. um, it, it's not going to get us into the playoffs, but that's okay. So I, that's my expectation. I agree with you 100%. Yep. Um, anything else you want to add about this game here? Nope, not really. I was going to say I'm ready for the next one, but uh, it's going right now. I would yep. be watching it myself, like as my computer just not be able to handle that right now. <laughs> that's fair. Yeah, it, we're in the intermission right now, so nothing, nothing further to update on you there. But I do just want to talk a little bit about some of the things in uh, early in this game, just like setup-wise, nothing game-related. We'll get in, into that next time. Um, but uh, yeah, but, but before we do that, just want to let you know that we will be uh, um, having a quick conversation here with uh, Griffin from the Tell It As It Is podcast, because those are the next set of games after Minnesota. Um, but yeah, I think we're just going to take a quick break and then we'll we'll quickly talk about the second Minnesota game um, and then we'll get into the uh, the the interview with Griffin here. So yeah, just uh, we'll see you guys on the other side. What is up, everybody? Mikey CLT here from Bar Down Breakdown. Letting you know that our 100th episode is going to be dropping exclusively on the Hockey Podcast Network on January 27th. We will be joined by special guest Derek from the amazing pop punk band State Champs. Make sure you subscribe and follow us on all our socials so you do not miss any of our amazing episodes. 
We are so pumped that we have made it to episode 100. And to thank you, we are running an Instagram contest where one lucky winner can win a Steez brand snapback hat. So head over to our Instagram and enter our contest. Also, if you are just hearing about Bar Down Breakdown, make sure you go and check out our 99 other episodes where we have had artists who have been nominated for Grammys, all the way down to artists who are unsigned, where we dive into the crossover between alternative music and hockey. So make sure you go and check out Bar Down Breakdown wherever you listen to podcasts, brought to you exclusively by the Hockey Podcast Network. Congrats, guys, on 100 episodes. Uh, we will be there very shortly, so um, it's always an exciting milestone. 100 episodes. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> um, yeah, so quickly about this game here. Um, we, we have now found out that uh, Miller has started this game uh, in place of John Gibson. So, uh, Nate, you're the goalie guy. Let's uh, start us off there. Uh, it looks good either way. If Miller can play his good luck. Season, we got a chance to win the game again. It's simple as the, the tandem of John Gibson and Ryan Miller. I have been beating this drum the entire off season and last season as well. Gives us a chance to win every night, and that's the consistency that we. Ha- that's like the one consistent thing that we had every game last year was we knew we had, uh, you know, a, a good backstopper behind us. Yeah, for sure. Like if we happen to lose. This game, like right now, it's one nothing. Shots are seventeen to six for Minnesota. You can't blame Ryan Miller for this one, either nope. way. Like he he's been phenomenal so far, um, just from the little bit I've seen as well. So, um, so yeah, that's a uh, yeah. I agree with you one hundred percent. Nothing to add. Um, Manson was injured in the first game against Minnesota, um, so obviously a little little shuffling here for this one. Um, we. Manson was playing with Fowler, um, so Hackenpah moved up to take his spot on the right side there uh, with Fowler, and then Walensky came in and and took Hackenpah's spot there. So uh, I'm good. I'm happy about that. I, I thought Hackenpah's looked really good uh, between the end of last season and beginning of this one. So well deserved uh, spot with Fowler there. Walensky, I haven't seen enough to say about him, but anything you want to mention there, Nate? Now you nailed it. <laughs> cool. Sounds good. Um, I uh, dropping the ball here. I did have what was up with Manson. Um, yeah, just upper body injury. It says. Um, yeah, hopefully doesn't, doesn't really serious. say anything like that. So yeah, yeah. Hopefully not. No timeline for for his return yet. Hopefully, yeah. Hopefully it's brief. So um, because I think he's really solid defensively for us. So yeah. Um, I feel like there was something else I wanted to mention about this game, but I guess maybe not. So we'll talk about uh, it next episode because yeah, exactly. We'll talk about this it'll, exactly. It'll be great. <laughs> exactly. All right. So yeah, let's uh, let's bring in Griffin here and uh, and have a chat about the Colorado Avalanche. All right. So uh, we are joined now by Griffin from the Avs affiliate podcast on the Hockey Podcast Network. Tell it Avs it is, uh, which is an awesome name, by the way. I, I really love the pun. So love uh, <laughs> yeah. So thanks, Griffin, for for joining us. How's it going today? I'm doing quite well, and about the name, as much as I would like to take credit for that, that was uh, Dylan's idea for the the name of the show, and I, it's too good. I just had to to go for it. But yeah, how are you guys doing today? Thank you so much. Great name on. ideas. <laughs> What's that, sorry, Nate? I said, oh, I'm sorry. I was saying like Dylan, Dylan and Isha have some great name ideas. They do. They blew yeah. my out of the water. 
Yeah, I think they even named this show, or, or it wasn't us, anyways. We we just kind of yeah, it wasn't us. It, but, but but yeah, no, we're doing good. Thanks for asking, Griffin. So, um, yeah, we got we got hockey back. So there's really nothing too much to yeah, complain it's, about. It's, it still feels weird to have hockey back after it's. I bet it's worse as like a Ducks fan. It's been gone since March for the most part. It's yeah, probably it feels weird time. to have it back. Yeah, yeah, it's it's almost surreal, which is weird to say because we kind of took it for granted before. But yeah, <laughs> like even just watching like random regular season games, it's like, is this fun? Like, yeah, <laughs> normal. Yeah, it's like I, I haven't had fun in ten months. Like, what's going on? <laughs> I'm so used to like just theoretically talking about hockey. Well, that's yeah. uh, I think we were talking about that with uh, Isha and Hobby too. That or was it uh, after that episode? But we were like, oh, what? Uh, Oh yeah, no, we were talking about that with them, because I, I had said I was like, oh, so like, what do we got going? I guess for the next episode, there hasn't been much news or anything like that. And Carter's like, well, we got games to talk about, and I was like, we have games to talk about for the first time in almost a year. Holy shit! <laughs> I did that exact like same thing, like at, for the for what I'm doing right now. I mean, obviously for my first episode of games, there was the eight nothing one, so I talked most <laughs> about that one. But for this one, I was like, oh man. So I got the the cold trade to talk about, and I'm like, and what else was there? Oh, right, there was a, a hockey game last night. I guess I could bring that up too. <laughs> yeah, a little bit important, maybe. Right, <laughs> worth talking about. Yeah. Um, I'm glad you brought up that eight nothing game because, like, man, what a stomping! Yeah. Like after a, a loss a couple nights before to St. Louis, and you just like come out with something like that. Yeah, I mean that that's just what I love about this season because in a normal season you open a, with a game like that, like against St. Louis go down 4-1 and maybe you don't see him for another month or so and then you just have to live with that loss for a while and maybe answer back in a month or so but that's what I like about this is because we got that chance to get that pound of flesh back right away and you could see some of that frustration carry over from that first game it just makes for great television yeah 100% it does yeah almost like a playoff series kind of atmosphere but not quite there but but close yeah so yeah it's a it's really great to see, um, and you know, you know, it's always nice to have those blowout games, especially when you're you're on the winning end of them as well. I'm sure. Absolutely. So, um, yeah, but before we jump too much in, into hockey, I know we're we're just really excited to talk hockey on here. Just a just a quick getting to know you question. Um, so, how did you get into podcasting? Well, I got into podcasting when uh, I've I've for a long time I've always wanted to have my own show just to talk about hockey and. Uh, back in early December, uh, Dylan and Isha reached out to me to ask if I wanted to host my own show on the network. And it actually lined up perfectly with just my college semester ending and everything. That was when I was kind of planning in my head, maybe I'll just start my own show just to talk about hockey. And they reached out to me literally at the perfect time. And I hopped on board the network in mid-December and I've loved it. It's been everything I imagined and even more than that. And to have the privilege to talk about a team as good as the Avalanche is amazing. I couldn't be happier doing this. It definitely makes your job a little bit easier having more wins to talk about than losses, yeah. I would assume. <laughs> it's, it's kind of funny because it's a double-edged sword because sometimes the Avs are just too good. It's like, <laughs> what, what, am I, what am I to complain about? It's not always entertaining to just be like, man, these guys are good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know that feeling. <laughs> Not yet, anyway. <laughs> and uh, and when did you become an Avs fan? Well, I've followed the Avs for a long time. I grew up in Maryland, so I grew up a Caps fan. But I've I've always just had a soft spot for the Avs for whatever reason, especially after they drafted McKinnon 
And I followed them pretty closely. I followed them through that bottoming out season a few years ago where they finished with 49 points. But they, I really solidified my fandom with the team when they got Andre Burakovsky from the Caps a few mm-hmm. years ago, who was my favorite player on the Caps at that time. I'm actually wearing the jersey right now and everything. But for the, even before that, I was a pretty solid Avs fan. I followed the team on NHL center ice and everything and tried to keep up with them as best I could. But after that, I just went all in with the jerseys and the hats. And as fate would have it, they wanted me to host an Avs podcast. And absolutely, I'll do that. I love those guys already. <laughs> So is sorry, just that's you're the second Maryland person I, I oh I won't say no, but I've heard of being a Caps fan. So that is kind of the the norm, I guess, is the Caps for Maryland people because there isn't there isn't a, t- a team in Maryland. Yeah, for the whole DMV of DC, Maryland, and Virginia, it's definitely the Caps. No one, okay. no one here except people who've lived in Pennsylvania like the Penguins or Flyers. That's fair. I mean, I, you wouldn't want to like him probably anyway. I'd prefer to cheer for the for the Caps even if I was in that area too. Yeah, it's much. It, they're definitely just a much more likable team in my humble opinion. But that's fair. Yeah, and and same thing with the Avs too. I, I was going to mention earlier that the Avs are kind of a hard team to hate. Like, I'm by no means a fan, but like out of all the teams in the West, besides. You know, the ones I, I regularly cheer for in the Ducks and the Oilers. The Avs are probably up there at, at number three, just because there's, there's no reason to dislike them. They're a very likable team. Yeah, I mean, when you have guys like McKinnon and Rantanen, and now they've had guys like Burakovsky and now Kale McCarr, and now they're going to have Bo Byram coming up. I mean, probably in a little while, people are going to start to hate them just because they have so many good players. But in terms <laughs> of personality, there's nothing to dislike on the team. I mean, if, if you want to pick one, it's Nazem Kadri, but when you, have, when you have Nazem Kadri on your team, you love him, and that's the whole point of Nazem Kadri. Unless you're a Leafs fan, they just hate everybody on their team. <laughs> Toronto, they they hate like Matthews and Marner. So like, yeah, if you go to Toronto, odds are half the fan base hates you already, and you're surprised when you go to another team and realize that people actually like their hockey players instead of Toronto. Yeah, exactly. Well, like TJ Brody, like his first game in Toronto, they were already bashing on him, right? But when in Calgary, yeah, you know, not a few people, like a few people weren't really fans of him, I guess, but they saw the benefits of him and everything like that. The one thing for Toronto I never got was the hate for William Nylander. On a con, like, sure, he yeah. held out on his contract, but for the amount of points that he scores, for what he's getting paid, that's a, that's a steal of a deal already. But yeah, I mean, they, they hate Nylander. They've hated Nylander ever since they drafted him. In like 2014, just because he was like European, and he, but not even that he's like he was born in Calgary. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he, he was identified as what Swedish, right? Yeah, I, I just never, I don't understand Leafs media or anything like that. A lot of the older media members just hate all of the players because like they're they don't drop the gloves every single night. Nylander is like a 30 goal scorer, making yeah. six million dollars, and they want to ship him out for like a second pair defenseman. <laughs> It's ridiculous. I don't think you're ever going to win with Toronto media. <laughs> no, you don't win. You just hold them off for a game at a time. Basically. <laughs> um, all right, let's get uh, more into the back into the Avs here. So, you know, big season, and it has been for the last few. What do you think, though, uh, for this team are the biggest strengths? Let's start there for uh, for this version of the team. The biggest strengths for this team this season is definitely still their superstars of McKinnon, Rantanen, 
and Landis Gog, even before when this team was barely scraping into the playoffs for the first two years after when they bought him out, it was basically just McKinnon, Rantanen, and Landis Gog and their band of merry men, and they would still be leading this team into the playoffs. And since then, they've only gotten better, and now they have a whole other team around them. So that is still the strength and the core of this team, and now you add Kale McCarr into that mix as well. So now you've got it on all sides of the ice. You have McKinnon, Rantanen, Landis Gog on that first line, and now you have Kale McCarr on that top pair defensively. It's tough for anything on this team or any team at all to match that in terms of their strength. So their offense, full of star power. Their defense, not as much star power, but still stacked from top to bottom. That's definitely still what makes this team the Avs. Now, what would you say are weaknesses? I mean, could it be Joe Sackick's GMing with, you know, not getting good deals by any means out of anybody? Right? Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> if there's one thing about Joe Sackick, it's that he loses trades all the time. Yeah. All the time. Yeah. Worst all the time. history, right? <laughs> all the time. Yeah. But, yeah, that Duchesne trade was absolute garbage here. He got fleeced, right? Not, not even justify getting two separate packages for one player. I mean, who <laughs> But anyway, to, to answer your question, the my my answer to this question has always been by default, it is their goaltending, just because everything else is so good. There's no real weaknesses on the offense. There's no weaknesses on the defense. And when you zero in on the goaltending, it's not perfect. Grubauer is a great starting goalie, but he is injury prone. And when he's in the net, he's fine. But that's the problem. He's not always in the net. And Pavel Francouz was a great backup last season, but he tanked in the playoffs. So the only problem with this Avs team is that you can't really rely on their goaltending quite yet to stay healthy. And if their goaltending can't stay healthy, they will sink just like every other team. Because if you can't keep pucks out of the net, you're not going to win. And Grubauer, when, even though he does finish his seasons consistently with 915s or even 920s, he still has the odd night where he just can't stop a beach ball. And more often than not, he's great, but he still does have those nights and you just don't know when they're going to happen. So it's not really a problem. A lot of teams around the league would kill to have goaltending like this, but even now it's above average. It's not like a Vegas tandem or anything like that. It's above average. So if you had to pick one, that's their weakness. Yeah, which if if you have the offensive powerhouse that that you guys do have, um, the defense isn't really, or sorry, the goaltending isn't like a a huge issue. It's not a big red flag. It's like I, I always hate saying like your teams are able to just outscore their opponents and kind of have subpar goaltending. I don't really like like saying that, but I mean, you guys do have that possibility. If if say you have to put in your third string goalie for. Or, for whatever reason. So, or Grubauer's having an off night, like you said. So it's, yeah, no, I agree with you that it's not really a, a huge red flag and it's, it's a weakness by default. So, I mean, the weakness could almost be a strength to the fact that your above average goaltending is your weakest point. Right. That's yeah. Basically, <laughs> basically what I'm saying is like by default, that is mm-hmm. your weakness. If there is one thing you had to pick that could be improved, it's the goaltending. And maybe they will at some point. If for whatever reason, it does crater this season and Joe Sackick doesn't like what he's seeing. I've heard of the possibility of maybe they'll go out and find something else, but I think it would take a lot for that. It would take some really bad performances for that to happen. And what I've seen in the first three games, we're nowhere near that. Mm-hmm. Grubauer had one 
kind of bad game. He had one bad turnover in the first game, full shutout in the second game, and didn't had five straight periods of no goals until letting in two that weren't his fault against the Kings last night. So nothing suggests the goaltending is a problem yet. How, how long do you have those guys locked down for, both Grubauer and Francois? Grubauer, this is his, the final year of his contract, and I believe Francois signed an extension last season that carries him through this season and the next. So Grubauer will be a UFA after this season, and the season after that, Francois will be a UFA. Okay. Yeah, so definitely, and like those guys aren't on bad deals either, so there's definitely no need to, to try and get them out to make cap room or, or anything like that there. And, and as you mentioned, Francois is a very serviceable backup. So, um, so again, no issues there. Man, uh, it's, I, I, we would kill for a, a GM like you, <laughs> like you guys have. It's, it, it's a huge asset. Like I got to tell you, it's pretty nice, I got to say. Yeah. <laughs> like you don't have to panic whenever you see like trade alert or that, or like a signing or that sort of thing. You're just like, yeah, I'm sure it's great. You almost yeah. get excited. It's like abs yeah. trade alert. You're like, yes, what yeah, do we do was, now? <laughs> that was me last night. I was like, ooh. What did Joe Sackett get for this? Yeah. Whole trade. Um, speaking of, you know, kind of getting hyped up and that sort of thing for different players coming in and whatnot, uh, who is a player on this team that you are hyped to watch this entire season? Who are you ex- really excited to see uh, play? There are a lot of answers to that question, if I'm being honest. I mean, <laughs> if I had to pick one that represents how just Abs Nation is feeling right now, it's Absolutely, Bowen Byram. Bowen Byram is going to make his start this Friday when the Avalanche play the Ducks for the first time. So you guys will get to see what Bowen Byram can do firsthand. Oh, lucky us. Just like yeah. us. But <laughs> Bowen Byram has the potential to be another Kale McCarr, and that alone is crazy for us. He was dominant at the World Juniors. He was obviously the fourth overall pick that we got in the Matt Duchesne trade, basically just a free top-tier player. And the Ian Cole trade yesterday was basically to make room for Byram to get into the lineup. So once he does get into that lineup and we can see what he can do, Avs fans are absolutely excited to see this kid in action for the first time. But if you're asking me personally who I'm most excited to see for this full season, not a new player, but in his second year with the team, it's Andre Burakovsky, who might be back against the Ducks on Friday. He missed last night, and he might miss tomorrow against the Kings with, from what I believe to be a minor injury. But the first two games with him were spectacular. And coming into this season, I predicted that if this was a full 82-game season, I would expect him to score 30 goals. Because from what I saw from him in Washington and seeing the new kind of player that he is in Colorado with all his talent starting to come together everything suggests that he can be that 30 goal scorer on that second line and add that level of depth scoring that really pushes a team to another level. Because in my opinion, he has one of the best shots in the league. And when he gets all the puck, he doesn't miss. And now he's coming into his prime. He had a great season last year. And like I just said, in the first two games, he has two goals. And the only reason he didn't score last night is because he didn't play, but that but also at the same time, that is sometimes the problem with Burakovsky is he does deal with a few injuries every here and then. But when he plays, he is spectacular. Is he a power play guy as well? Second power play guy, because obviously that first power play is not getting touched with McKinnon, Rantanen, and Landeskog and McCarr back there. So he's definitely a second 
power play guy on this team, but that suits him just fine. You give him a little bit of space on a power play, he'll snipe it upstairs every time. Uh, you brought up Ian Cole in that trade just from the other day. What do you see happen for uh, Greg Paterin on uh, on this roster? For for Greg for Greg Paterin, this Paterin, yeah, sorry. Yeah. It, I don't I I guessed. I think that's his pronunciation. <laughs> we'll go with it. Yeah, for for Paterin, just because that's what I'm used to saying. But for Paterin, the Wild are getting the better player in this trade with Ian Cole. I want to make that very clear that the Wild are getting the better player and the Abs are not. But that wasn't the point of the trade. The point of the trade was to clear out some cap space and open the door for Byram and Connor Timmons to start to step into the lineup more. So for Patteron, I don't expect him to get into the lineup that often. But when he does, I'd expect pretty sound defensive play. I wouldn't expect him to score any goals. But from all the analytics that I've looked at ever since the trade, he's very sound defensively. I wouldn't honestly expect to notice him very much when he's on the ice at all. But Overall, the point of the trade wasn't to get Pattern into the lineup. It was to get guys like Byram and Timmons in the lineup and also to get Ian Cole more playing time like he deserves. Because with Byram and Timmons making this team, that just unfortunately forces a guy who makes $4 million out of the lineup. And at that point, you've got to make a move. And one thing I didn't notice since this trade happened was that the Avs are suddenly against the salary cap. And clearing that 1.2 from the cap helps them make a lot more of those moves that they need as the season goes on. So I expect Pattern to be fine. The defensive guy probably won't score any points or any goals, but just a guy to hold the fort and play on the penalty kill and throw the body around and leave at the end of the season once his contract expires. Again, Joe Sackick, worst GM in uh, in NHL worst, history, right? Just the worst. <laughs> how, could you, how could you do that? What a bad deal. <laughs> Yeah, awful player, awful GM. Like, you can't do anything. What what has Joe Sackick ever done for the Avalanche anyway? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Um, All right, so we got the hyped guy. Who is the scapegoat for this Colorado Avalanche team? There are so many good players. Who is that guy that you turn to that, oh, this was his fault? I think we just traded him in Ian Cole because (laughs) in Ian Cole, he didn't have a great first two games. And a team that looked fine after that first game, against the blues he still kind of stuck out as just everyone else is playing well he's really not but for the guys that are left that's kind of that's kind of a tough question to answer because there's not really like that old guy that makes too much money on this team so i'd probably have to go with grubauer because that seems to be the guy that a lot of people just blame when things happen because he i guess i guess you have to blame someone at some point and it's pretty easy to pick on the goalie so yeah, <laughs> a lot of yeah, a lot the of only downsides of being a goalie. <laughs> yeah, a lot of fans have blamed Grubauer for things that aren't his fault. I found out I ran a poll last week that just to ask for the confidence in the Avs goaltending, and over half of them didn't trust Grubauer in France. So it's half because of injuries, and half because half of them just don't trust them at all, which I found intriguing. So if, any, if anything, he's the scapegoat even though I don't personally agree with it. but I wonder if the guys over at Vegas Nightly just like sicked all their fans on you and they're like, oh, just ruin this guy's poll. <laughs> you know, I, I wouldn't put it past them, but I also I do believe the poll at the same time. It, it mm-hmm. does fit from what I've seen from the community. Yeah, for sure. Um, awesome. Uh, we, we just have one more question here and then we can just kind of, you know, have general discussions here. But um, we, we've uh, we've obviously talked already about just how, how much better the Ducks are than the Avs. Uh, 
well, just kidding. It's more the opposite. But what, if the Ducks want to have a chance at beating the Avs in this two-game series or or even making it close, what what do you think the Ducks need to do? Uh, or like who do they need to shut down or, or anything like that? Well, from what I've seen from the Ducks so far in their first three games, I think they have a shot at doing that so far. And outside okay, of the that's eight, the, end of the interview. Thank you very much. Yep, that's it. <laughs> Thank you guys for having me. But, uh, outside the eight nothing game, the Kings actually did a pretty decent job last night at kind of shutting down some of the Avs guys like McKinnon. I mean, eventually the the Avalanche broke the well a bit in the second period for three straight goals, but for a while the Kings were in control and. I personally like the Ducks' defense a lot, and I think John Gibson is a very underrated goalie just because he had a slight down year last year. People have started to forget just how good he is. So the Ducks definitely have a chance to shut down a lot of that star power. And like we just saw with the the Ducks' one nothing win against the Wild, they're perfectly capable of doing that. I mean, it might, it might not happen twice, but there certainly is a chance that in one of these two games, guys like Manson and Fowler can shut the door and Gibson can just stop every puck he sees. Like the Avs might get 35 shots and not score on one because I'm John Gibson's just that good in my opinion. So if the Ducks do want to win one of these two games, it's going to come down to Gibson. But if the, I do think that if the Avs show up to their full potential, they win both because that's just how good the team is. If they show up and play 100%, I don't think there's really any team that can stop them, but they're, they don't show up 100% every night. And last night they didn't show up 100%, so maybe they'll underestimate the Ducks and a Gibson can take them by surprise. Yeah, I mean, on paper, the Avs are definitely the better team. Like, if like you go through their list, I mean, you're starting with Nathan McKinnon. Like, it doesn't get much better than that. There's very few players I would put in the whole league I would put above Nathan McKinnon. So, And then you you look at other guys like Rantanen, Kadri, uh, looking – um, holding down that second line everyone else we've already talked about it's uh yeah there's definitely a lot of firepower if we tend to be slow starters here as the ducks uh so if you guys come out hot and and ready and, and score two quick ones then we're, we're in some deep trouble here so um but yeah thank you for praising gibson we do that all the time on here so. <laughs> he's very very good i'm shocked that people still undervalue him i mean if we want to talk about DraftKings real quick i'm shocked at how cheap gibson is for goalies, I started him basically every night, and I'm I'm winning money now because Gibson he makes like for on DraftKings he's like under seven thousand, which is crazy for a goalie. My opinion, he's a, when he's at his best, he's a top five goalie in the league. Yeah, there's a lot of people that disagree with you, and I, I guess uh, the the draft uh, the draft maker or the fantasy makers betting. I don't, I don't know the word I'm looking for, but they, they all tend to undervalue him. So, I mean, if you're going for wins, you, you might, there's better goalies you could pick from. But if you're just going like, you know, save percentage and, and goals against and those kind of stats, yeah, Gibson is definitely a good pickup. Gibson alone can steal you a game for a win. We saw mm-hmm. it the other day. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. And we, we almost got a game already. Yeah. yeah. That's, and that's what I was going to bring up. I mean, the, the the Ducks took Vegas right to the brink in that second game. Vegas, they only got on the board late. They were they were holding the fort for the most part, and they can mm-hmm. they showed they can do that. They can do it again against the Abs if the Abs give them the opportunity. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, that, yeah, that's that's really all we had for questions. Uh, questions for you. Um, yeah, we're, we're looking forward to this series. Um, 
like I said, I, I enjoy watching the Avs play, but um, fortunately, I'll, I'll be cheering for the Ducks on this one. So, um, but yeah, do you, do you have anything else you want to bring up, or any questions for us, or or any uh, any things we didn't touch anything we didn't touch on that you uh, you maybe want to talk about? Well, I was curious how you guys see this division playing out and where the Ducks start to fit in with this division. Because personally, for my rankings, I had the Ducks fifth, but I also wouldn't be surprised if they can sneak past the Wild for that final playoff spot because again i rate john gibson very highly and i like the way their defense is built yes they don't have great offense but defense and goaltending alone can sneak you into the playoffs and i wanted to get your guys's take on that yeah that i mean that's was, oh, sorry go ahead oh canadian standoff here we go uh <laughs> i'll take it um yeah the yeah we had them at the the same spot as you uh anaheim at five minnesota just at at four there but um, but we basically just echoed what you said and that, you know, it's, it's very possible that the Ducks could, um, could sneak into that fourth spot if Gibson steals them a couple games or, you know, we have a couple good nights where our, our offense pops off or, or whatever it may be. So a deep playoff run? No, obviously not because we're going to be going up against one of St. Louis, Colorado and Vegas in the first round and that's just going to be a disaster But um, for any team in this division. So, um, so yeah, pretty much exactly what, what you said is how we feel, so. Yeah, I said that uh, even more so than the Ducks play itself and, you know, Gibson stealing a couple games, I said it's really going to depend on Minnesota and uh, Arizona and just how they do, right? Um, Arizona, their hindrance is their goaltending and, you know, the injury bug because as soon as that hits with uh, with them, they go down and it's just tank season at that point. Um, and we make the joke on here all the time of the Minnesota mild and but it's yeah. it's looking a little bit different this year like they are looking like a bit more of a an energized uh, exciting team so but if they go back into that mild situation right it could really go either of uh you know making the playoffs or missing it so yeah and one one more question i had for you guys had to do with the the prospects on this team because that's that's something i'm not the best with with looking ahead how prospects fit in on a team like what do you guys think of guys like Trevor Zegras, and do you guys see someone like Sam Steele or Troy Terry making a big jump this season that could push the Ducks to another level? Because that's that's what I think is a big wild card with this team is how the young players start to pan out. Well, one big uh, young player that's jumped out right away to start is Max Comtois. Yes, that, that's and what I'm I remember. really excited about that. I think Steele and Terry can be those guys also, um, but uh, I think we are going to see Zegers actually popping up on this roster sooner rather than later. Um, basically, I think it's just going to be once the, uh, the San Diego uh, preseason is done, he might be coming up and uh, playing with the big boys already. So I'm excited to see what he can do for sure. Yeah, I'm really excited for Sam Steele. I think he's looked really great in the first couple games playing alongside uh, Max Comtois on that third line. Uh, I don't think he's scored yet. I think he's he's earned a couple assists from Comtois' goals, um, but don't quote me on that. But he, he's looked really good. He he looks like a totally different player from from last season. So, um, And then just because you didn't touch on Drysdale, Nate, um, I'll, I'll mention him as well. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> oh, I'm stealing it from you. So. All right. Um, <laughs> Yeah, no, I think, I don't know if he's going to play this season. We, we talked about it early on and we were super hyped for it. But, you know, being, it's very rare to see a, a defenseman um, come up in, the, in their first year after being drafted. So not out of the realm of possibilities, obviously, but just not common. So I think he might be seen next year, but I think he might get a look similar to Zegris. He might play a few games um, after San Diego's training camp. But, I mean, 
I, I think he's going to be very good, um, just like Bowen Byram is for you. Like that, uh, honestly, I, I want to. I really hope that we find a way to get Byram from you. That's kind of my dream, um, because I, I really like that pairing of Drysdale and Byram in the uh, World, the juniors. World Juniors. So yeah. that, that's going to be a good matchup to watch. I think in in the future, uh, with both of those guys being. Um, number one or number one or number two defenseman, however you want to look at it. So, mm-hmm. In terms of the changing of the guard for the Ducks, this is Brian Getzloff's last year of his contract, if I'm not mistaken. Do you guys think this could be it for him, or do you see him coming back for maybe a year or two? I'm not sure yet, honestly. I think it, I think it really depends on how this season goes because it's a shortened season, a lot of games. So it's, it is a – like a lot of games close together, I guess. Yeah, shortened season, but a lot of games. Um, yeah, I think it really depends on just how this season feels to him, like physically and mentally, right? If he wants to continue doing this and whatnot, because well, he's got two or three kids at home at this point and everything like that. He doesn't want to be going anywhere else. So I think it's going to be kind of almost like a Zdeno Chara uh, in Boston thing of if the team wants to move on, then he'll hang it up, I think. Yeah, it's um I, I think we're I think he's preparing for it at least because in in training camps and in practices we're seeing a lot of him mentoring uh the younger guys which I mean he was doing already but it, it just seems to be you just Very seem to be prevailing. seeing it a little bit more now. Um but I, I so it's I, I think he would want to come back to the Ducks next year and if he wants to come back there's going to be a spot for him. I can pretty much I, I would be. I would put money down on it, um, but I also wouldn't be surprised if he went somewhere else uh, on a one-year deal um, just to, to try and get another cup, um, or he maybe he gets shipped at the deadline and uh, and then re-signs next year with the Ducks again or something like that. But I, I could see him moving on briefly, but I don't really know. And maybe Nate feels a little bit differently. Yeah, I don't see him doing the uh, the Patrick Marlowe. We'll call it that of going away for a little bit, come back and. That sort of thing. He's, you know, he is grounded, I think, at this point in Anaheim, um, be it for both the Ducks and the city itself. So, yeah, I don't see him really going anywhere. So He's definitely going to retire as a Duck. So. Yeah. Yeah, that, I don't think that would be in question at all. I mean, he's a like, he's a lifetime Duck. Just, yeah. I, I can't even picture him in another jersey. That, that'd be just weird it's weird it's very <laughs> yeah. weird yeah <laughs> as soon as i said it i was like oh no i'm gonna get like attacked on twitter probably so <laughs> oh it does it turns out with twitter you might just get attacked anyway but yeah, yeah. <laughs> ryan gets left to the leaves confirmed right right oh yeah they get everybody yeah toronto is the new detroit that's where everybody goes now for their last yeah. chance it seems <laughs> yeah doesn't matter how little cap space they have yeah they find a way <laughs> yeah <laughs> Um, yeah. It, any, anything else you want to talk about here, Griffin? Or how do you guys see these two games going against the Avs? Do you have any score predictions? Oh for yes, that's Friday what and what is it Sunday? Um, <laughs> yeah, like it, like we talked about, it, it could kind of go either way. Um, I, I'm gonna, in no particular order, I'm gonna call a a two-one win for the Ducks. Um, nice low-scoring defensive game. Um, I'm also going to say a, a 4-1 win for the for the Avs. So in some order, but I, I think that's how it's going to shake down. So split the opening series 1-1. I'm going to be a bit more of a pessimist. I think that first game, Colorado's really going to just throw 
everything. Or actually, no, now that I think about it, it's going to be that second game because I feel like Colorado could also be the team to, you know, not take it as seriously maybe because it's, you know, it's the Ducks. Um, I think it's still going to be wins for the Avs on both sides for at least these first two games. Uh, the first one, I'll say it'll be like 3-2 or 3-1. Uh, but that next one, I would think Colorado would really come out. And uh, I'm going to say like a 5-2 game. So, I think I would agree with that. I think I think the Ducks personally, I think I think what something you said makes a lot of sense that Avs might take it not seriously because it's the Ducks. And I think the Ducks are going to have an advantage with that this season with like the big three in the division because I do think they're – they're, they have a good enough defense and good enough goaltending to surprise a lot of teams on a nightly basis. And they can they can get two goals a night, no matter how little they have on their offense. But I think for these two games, I see the first one a 4-2 abs win, and then I see the second one a 3-2 abs win probably in overtime, just if Gibson is up to the task, because the abs are probably going to pepper him with shots if the Ducks' defense isn't up to it. But... Over the course of the season-long series, I think this is going to be a lot closer than people would expect. And that, not just for the Avs, but I think for teams like Vegas and the Blues, just because something I've mentioned a lot on my show before is that you only play the Blues and Golden Knights if you're the Avs 16 times out of 56 games. And you still got 40 games to play against maybe teams that you wouldn't consider to be your equal. And we can torch the Coyotes, as we've seen in the postseason with those back-to-back seven to one wins and the wild don't have the best goaltending. But uh, the team I'm most concerned about out of all of them is the ducks. Cause I do like their defense and I do like their goaltending and that can steal games a lot of the time. I don't think it'll happen in these first two games, just cause I think the abs are going to be firing to start the season. But over the course of an, the next six games, I think the ducks can maybe steal three of those games. Hey, take what we can get it's yeah even uh, that overtime one that you're talking about point to point yeah points are points yeah especially with how close i think the that race for the, the number four spot is going to be uh, every point's going to matter so yeah we'll, we'll we would definitely take that any day so um yeah i think uh i think this was a good talk uh, thank you again for for coming on griffin um yeah we'll just give you an opportunity here to, to plug your podcast and any social handles and anything else you want to want to plug here at the end yeah, guys, thank you so much for having me on. Uh, if you guys want to listen to my show, you can find it on the Hockey Podcast Network. Tell it, abs it is, abs with a V, obviously. Uh, if you guys want to find my work on fansided.com, you can follow me on Twitter at NHL, and there's a link to all my fansided works in the bio. Uh, if you want to follow the show, it's tell it, abs it is, and obviously following the Hockey Podcast Network is at HockeyPod, and that's where you can find all of my work for the time being i'm i'm very easy to find <laughs> awesome well yeah thanks again and uh yeah we'll, we'll talk to you you know at some point i'm sure later on in the season yeah thank you guys so much for having me on again i really appreciate it yeah for sure anytime <laughs> they're behind me aren't they <laughs> <laughs> they know where you live Man, ducks are terrifying sometimes. Dude, they are, honestly. <laughs> okay, full disclosure here. When I was a kid, I was actually terrified of ducks because I went to like one of those petting zoos and there was an area that just had like a bunch of ducks and they had like the feed, uh, the cups and everything like that. 
And those ducks know, like at that point, they just know that if they see a cup, this person's got food, right? So I think it was Mm -hmm. like six or seven year old me has got the cup and like all these ducks just swarmed him. The one bit my hand, I dropped the cup and I ran out of the the gate. I mean, okay, that, that's fair to be afraid of them. For a while. <laughs> yeah, no, that's that's a fair reason. I'm, I'm not anymore. I'm just like, it's a bird, whatever, but. Yeah. But <laughs> up man, here we, have, up here we have to deal with Canadian geese. So like a duck is nothing to that anymore. Yeah. But even then there's been one or two times. There's a golf course I used to go to all the time that uh, it was just like geese were like, that was the geese's home, right? Mm-hmm. Like you're just going golfing on their front lawn, basically. Yeah. And uh, but like they would be like right close to your ball or that sort of thing, and I'm like, I got a driver. You ain't gonna, you're not gonna survive this. See how long, see far I could launch the goose's head. <laughs> Go for a hole in one. <laughs> oh god, uh, that's that terrible. Definitely get me in uh, trouble with law enforcement for sure. <laughs> Pete is gonna be up our ass in <laughs> in like ten minutes. I can guarantee it. Dude, they're up there on ass. <laughs> Okay, moving on. <laughs> um, so the uh, the Washington Capitals in a little bit of trouble here with the league. Um, I guess this is kind of something a little different for what's quack, and it's not really Twitter news. It's just general news, but we put it here because why not? Yeah. I like the duck sound effects. So we need to have something here. So, um, yeah, just a, a statement here from the, the Washington Capitals. I guess we should maybe say something a little bit about what's going on. They, they were caught breaking COVID protocols. Oh, yeah. um, so, uh, the, and got in trouble and the Caps got fined $100,000 as a team for the actions of these four players. And then they released, all right, the four players are uh, Kuznetsov, Ovechkin, Orlov, and uh, Samsonov there. So, all right, you can bring out a, a lot of ovs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I guess kind of a Russian meet and greet probably. Sorry. <laughs> you can, I'll give you permission to bring up the, the statement now. <laughs> all right. <laughs> all right. From the Washington Capitals. Our training staff has worked extremely hard to create a, a safe environment for our players and staff to be able to compensate this to compete to be able to compete this season. We are disappointed by our players' choice to interact in their hotel room and outside of team-approved areas. We accept the NHL's decision and once again will reiterate the COVID-19 protocols in place to make sure the players are in full compliance moving forward. Now, a full statement from uh, uh, Alex Ovechkin here. I regret my choice to spend time together with my teammates in our hotel room and away from the locker room areas. I will learn from this experience and end quote. So yeah, they, they're supposed to all be in their own individual hotel rooms, hotel rooms when they're on the road, only gathering in um, team approved areas as, as they call it, which is basically the locker room and maybe one other spot if they, they think it's possible, but they were gathering in, in somebody's hotel room there. So uh, got in trouble, big fine. What are your thoughts on that? I'm, there's maybe something that we're missing here, like as a whole. But what's the issue with them hanging out in a hotel room that's already isolated for them? I guess right when you know they're going to be masks off on the bench, on the ice, in the locker room, right? Like they aren't they aren't throwing a mask on as soon as they get onto the bench or anything like that. So I'm. Like there's got to be something we're missing here that they can't hang out in the hotel room, but they could maybe hang out in the lobby, right? Like wearing a mask, but I don't know. Like I said, there's got to be something we're missing here. A little bit odd, mm-hmm. but uh, you know, it is disappointing, I guess, in that sense that you know there had to be a crackdown with these players and teams knowing the rules. Um, they know it a lot better than we do, as I just kind of expressed, I guess. 
Um, but uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't think this is going to be the last fine that we see get dished out. Um, no way. No. <laughs> as much as you know, to you and me, a hundred uh, hundred grand is a lot, but to some of these teams, is not a whole lot, right? This isn't even uh, like an eighth of the minimum uh, salary for for one of their players. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, like, I'm, I'm kind of in the same boat, too, where it's like, like, I, I don't really understand it because you're right. that they, They're hanging out on the bench, tightly packed, no masks on. Even the coaches, their mask is, like, here. It's like, what's that even doing? It's like yeah. not covering your nose and barely covering your mouth. Like, wh- why even bother? You're not even keeping up appearances because it just looks stupid. Yeah. Um, but the, the but I get that they have to, like, outside, they have. What's that, sorry? Like, the players are otherwise, at least. Like, you, mm-hmm. like they're wearing their mask in every from press to wherever else outside of, I guess, this one mm-hmm. instance that happened. Yeah. But so at least the players yeah. are upholding it. And I know I was seeing stuff on, uh, cause they have that players video. There's like Bergeron and Patrick Kane and guys like that who are, you know, they're wearing a mask and saying like, I wear a mask and you should too. And mm-hmm. whatnot. And there was a, mul- there was some just odd comments on there of like, Oh, like, do you really? And that sort of stuff. And it's like, Okay, you, you got to see the point in this here, right? They're mm-hmm. the only reason that their season can go is if people do follow these rules. The only reason, the only way we can get back to some sense of normalcy is if people follow the rules and that sort of thing. So, yeah, like, come on, yeah, no. So, like, it, in the end, like, it's like it, it doesn't really matter. But I get that they're trying to send a message, and like, you have to have these strict guidelines that the players have to follow, and even though the rule doesn't make a lot of sense because they have this guideline in place as kind of almost a buffer so that like anything more um, risky, I guess is a good word, doesn't mm-hmm. happen or or the players aren't at more risk. Um, you have to have these kind of lower or higher standards, I guess. Um, yeah. And then you, ha- you really have to crack down on them. You, like as, as the league, they can't be bending the rules and being like, okay, yeah, maybe don't do that. Like I know we said... You can't hang out in hotel rooms uh, together, but like I get that you're just the four teammates, so it's fine. Whatever. Like, no, they have to crack down on that, so yeah, that they don't they invite you, you know a bunch of strippers and and have a rager in the hotel room. Like sometimes <laughs> goes on. So, <laughs> um, so I get that, but yeah, at the end of the day, yeah. I agree it's stupid. Um, another thing that's stupid is uh the mild are now up two nothing um, from oh. Nick Benino. So. I I feel like we won't be as hyped next episode, right? Might have to throw out the streamers. Nah, I'll just keep them anyway. (laughs) Yeah, they're they're here to stay. (laughs) Um, uh, any other thoughts here, Nate, on the uh, the COVID situation, or or really anything else on your mind? Nothing really. Okay. Well, let's get out of here then, and and finish. uh, We'll we'll let you pull up the games. uh, Here, actually, okay, actually, before we go, okay. I got a good joke for you, at least. Okay, All let's right. end on a high note. Yeah. Did you know that ten plus ten and eleven plus eleven equal the same thing? No. They do. They equal the same thing. What what what's the th- thing that they equal? Okay, so what's ten plus ten? Twenty. What's eleven plus eleven? Twenty-two. Yeah. So ten plus ten equals twenty. <laughs> <laughs> 11 plus 11 equals 22. As soon as I was, I like wasn't following, and then as soon as I said it or out loud, I was like, there we go. That was the first thing I said to my girlfriend the other day, like waking up, 
I just like rolled over. Did you I was get like, punched hey, in the what? face? <laughs> no, but I got like the facial reaction of that sound. <laughs> <laughs> gotcha. I'm just I, like, are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> I definitely know that look. I'm pretty sure she's given me the same look before. So <laughs> <laughs> this is what I woke up to. God damn it. I want to go back to bed. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right, Nate. Cool. If, uh, if they want to tweet at you or DM you and let you know how awful your joke is, where can they do that? <laughs> uh, you can find me on Twitter at Tate Namas, T-A-T-E-N-H-O-M-A-S, or you can just direct uh, tweet the show at Quack Report Pod. Yeah, and you can follow myself at Carter underscore Potts, P-O-T-T-E-S underscore 97. And also don't forget to use the promo code THPN for DraftKings. Thanks again for sponsoring uh, the network or partnering with us, whichever way you want to go about it. Thank you for, you know, interacting with a bunch of hockey nuts. Yeah. And you can follow the network at HockeyPodNet and, uh, yeah, get your, your hockey fix there. We are uh, we're in the season and it's great. It's, it's really good to be back. I can't get over it. Let's go, Ducks. <laughs> <laughs>